Hi, this is Jay Webb for International Gospel Hour. For 80 years, churches of Christ have proclaimed God's Word through International Gospel Hour. You are about to listen to another Bible-based lesson with Jeff Archie of International Gospel Hour. Starting now. Thank you very much, Jay, and hello, everyone. As we begin, this is part five of five of the broadcast, Something is Wrong, But the Bible is Right. And if you've missed any in this series, you can easily access the programs through our podcast partners at Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, or TuneIn Radio. Just search for International Gospel Hour at any one of our podcast partners, and then you can find the list of our programs and look for Something is Wrong, But the Bible is Right. If you send us a message at internationalgospelhour.com, we can also send you a link through our website for the program as well. As we conclude the thoughts on Something is Wrong, But the Bible is Right, we want to consider a question asked often in this old world, which church is the right church? Dear friends, in light of the Bible, know this. The right church is the one we read about in the Bible. Jesus said he would build his church in Matthew 16:18. Know this. The right church is the one with the right beginning. Acts chapter 2. Know this. The right church wears the right name as we noted in Romans 16:16 16, 16 and 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 2. Dear friends, names mean something. They help designate and identify. And if one cannot find the name of a given church in the Bible, the evidence points to it not being the right church. And know this, the right church is the one that recognizes the right authority, that is, Jesus Christ, the head of His church, Colossians 1.18 and Ephesians 1.22 and 23. In our last broadcast, we spoke how Christ must direct our worship. We submit to you now that Christ must also direct the work of the church to preach the gospel of Christ, Mark 16:15 and 16, to serve in benevolence and ministering to the poor, Galatians 6, verse 10, and Acts 2, verses 43 through 45. Members of the Lord's church should always enjoy each other's company and look forward to times of fellowship. However, it must be understood the Church of Christ is not an institution whose focus is on entertainment or social function. The church is not in the entertainment and recreation business. Instead, the church's main objective is to help save the souls of the lost. Christ has never directed the church to shift its focus from the salvation of souls into other endeavors, which so many churches have done. Also, Christ must direct the terms of membership within His church. Churches that have their beginnings with men have man-made terms of membership. Often it is the telling of an experience of grace, the signing of a card, etc. But Christ is the authority over the church He built, and He directs the terms of membership which are the same as His terms of salvation. When one believes, repents, confesses Christ, and is baptized, he or she is forgiven of sins. At that point, the Lord adds that person to His church, Acts 2, verse 47. Any church that fails to teach the biblical terms of salvation in church membership is simply not the right church. Let's consider also in concluding these thoughts that the right church is the one that has heaven as its destiny. 
Many claim a person does not need to be a member of the church to go to heaven, but any church of which one does not have to be a member to go to heaven is unnecessary, and it is the wrong church, because the right church is a congregation of the saved, Acts 2.47. The church is the kingdom of Christ, Colossians 1.13, and when Christ comes again, He will deliver the kingdom up to God. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15.24, Then cometh the end when He shall have delivered up the kingdom to God, even the Father. Dear friends, let's think also about something else. The Bible is right concerning salvation. The Bible is right concerning the church. And the Bible is right about the requirements of the Christian life. When one obeys the gospel, he or she gains the forgiveness of sins and becomes a member of the church of Christ. Then what? Most in the religious world teach the once-saved-always-saved doctrine, meaning it is impossible for a child of God to fall from grace. No matter what the sin or sins might be that they committed, one cannot fall. That is a tenet of Calvinism known as the perseverance of the saints, or the doctrine of the impossibility of apostasy. If that were true, would there be any need to stress the necessity of right living? The answer, of course, is no. But is that a true teaching found in the Bible? Please notice that the Bible warns against falling. 1 Corinthians 10.12 says, Wherefore let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. God had a purpose for putting those words in the Bible. And if it were impossible for a child of God to fall, those would be meaningless, useless, and deceptive words. The very time when the Christian is most likely to fall is when he thinks he stands, apart from God. The Apostle Paul understood the danger of losing one's salvation, and he recognized the possibility of falling from grace when he said, But I keep my body and bring it unto subjection, lest that by any means, when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. 1 Corinthians 9.27 How is it Paul thought he could fall, but some think they cannot. Secondly, the Bible tells of some who did fall. Jesus warned the church in Ephesus, Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen, and repent, and do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and will remove thy candlestick out of his place, except thou repent. Revelation 2, 4 and 5. In his admonitions to the Christians in Galatia, Paul wrote, Christ has become of no effect unto you. Whosoever of you are justified by the law, you are fallen from grace. Galatians 5.4 And he told Timothy in 1 Timothy 5.15, Some are already turned aside after Satan. How could there have been a danger for whole congregations and individuals to fall from grace, yet that danger is no longer present? The Bible describes the terrible state of the fallen. Peter warned his readers in 2 Peter 2, beginning with verse 20, For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are entangled again therein and overcome, the latter end is worse with them than the beginning. For it would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after they have known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. Would God warn about and describe a state that is impossible to enter? 
Those scriptures affirm a Christian can sin in such a way that he or she can be lost. The Church of Christ upholds and supports the truths of the Bible on this and all other matters of faith. The Bible does not teach eternal salvation regardless of how one lives. There is no doctrine so deceptive and detrimental as the one that teaches a person can return to a life of sin and be not lost. That doctrine had its origin in the Garden of Eden when the serpent said, You shall not surely die, Genesis 3 and verse 4. Dear friends, have these recent broadcasts discussing something is wrong but the Bible is right prompted thoughts about your salvation and the church of which you may be a member? We'd like to send you absolutely free a complete script of the five broadcasts in this series, Something is Wrong, But the Bible is Right. It is in a simple tract form, a blue track with the title, Something is Wrong, But the Bible is Right. We would love to send this to you, and it's absolutely free. Everything we offer here on the International Gospel Hour will always be free. Always has been, always will be. But all you'll need to do is call us toll-free at 1-855-IGH-6988. That's 1-855-IGH-6988. And leave us your name and address and say, please send me the track. That's it. Again, 1-855-IGH-6988. And leave us your name and address and say, Please send me the track. You can also reach us at our website at internationalgospelhour.com. You click on the contact tab and leave your name, address, and write, Please send me the track. We will send it to you as soon as possible. Again, that's internationalgospelhour.com. Click on the contact tab and leave your name, address, and write, Please send me the track, and we'll send it to you as soon as possible. Dear friends, as we bring this study to a close, let's highlight a couple of other things that you will read about in this tract. You'll continue reading about what must a Christian do to remain saved. You can read how to simply be a Christian only by glorifying and honoring Christ by wearing His name. You know, the disciples were called Christians first in Antioch, Acts 11.26. You can also... What must a Christian do to remain saved? You can also be a fruitful Christian. You can be a cautious Christian and be a faithful Christian. You can read more about this in this free track. Then there's also the question, are there provisions for the fallen Christian? Well, the unfaithful Christian must repent, pray for forgiveness, and confession of fault will also take place. You may also read of these as well. Dear friends, we are so delighted that something is wrong, not that we're delighted in that, but delighted that the Bible is right. Jesus said, search the Scriptures, John 5, 39. We can study to show ourselves approved unto God, 2 Timothy 2, 15. And faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. If you had to stand before the judgment seat of Christ today, what would be your fate and what would the king say to you? Would he say, Come, ye blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world in Matthew twenty-five thirty-four, Or would it be, Tragically, depart from me, ye cursed, 
into everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Matthew twenty five forty one. Dear friends, we hope this study will be profitable to you. Continue your study, your search for truth, and God will fulfill. And let us hear from you how we can help here on the International Gospel Hour. Thank you for joining me today. I look forward to next time. I'm Jeff Archie, and until then, keep listening. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. We hope, first, that it glorified God. But second, we hope that it edified you. Listen to it again if you need to, or to other lessons in this series, by going to the Media tab at our site, internationalgospelhour.com.